said. I've been thinking a lot about that old image you maybe see on westerns of a blacksmith, usually using a much bigger tool than this, but hammering down on iron. All of the heat, all of the pressure, all of the steam and sparks flying. And I think about you and I right now in the time that we're living in. And there are smaller versions of that pressure, that hammer happening. Homeschooling your kids. Living under quarantine with other family members. Job loss. Salary reductions and a general sense of uncertainty. There's a song I like a lot. It's called For Thee, The Hammer Holds. It's a beautiful song. I'm going to play it at the end of my message. But it has a couple lyrics that really speak to the time that we're living in right now. Dreams are melting. Souls are twisting like a vine, and the future is untold. And those lyrics, boy, they describe how I feel, and I'm sure they capture a sense of how you're feeling right now. The hammer is falling. You and I, my friends, are facing a vast unknowingness. And I don't even know if that's a word, but we're facing it. And even though I believe faith is strong and I believe in the power of hope, I know that there's deep psychological trauma going on out there. So many of us are feeling it. And what I want to talk about today the idea that I want to get is maybe this pressure, maybe this hammer time, maybe the fact that things are heating up and the sparks are flying, maybe this is again a spiritual moment that can be leveraged and uh, used for God's power. We've heard variations of that before, right? You, you've heard that. But today I want to give you three concrete things I believe that God accomplishes during hammer time. And there's some soul work that I think if you listen and if you implement this, if you understand the process that God uses in our lives, I think during this highly pressurized time, during this difficult time, I believe that there are productive things within your soul and within your spiritual life that can happen. And I want to offer you three Concrete things that God does during hammer time. The first thing that God does is he heats up our souls when we're under pressure. Do you get that again, that image of iron working? That the cold steel is a lot like our souls. When things are comfortable, we're cold and we're numb. Boy, in my lifetime, and I bet this is your experience also, uh, when things are comfortable, when things are well-ordered, when we feel like we're in cruise control in life, 
there's not a lot of growth that happens. I can remember many conversations I've had with friends um, after success, after they've had a, a time of achievement and they get comfortable maybe in a job or in a marriage. Oftentimes they will reflect on being stuck because when there's no heat, when there's no pressure, uh, we get cold and we get stuck. And yet when things heat up, and we find this in the Bible story over and over and over again, when things heat up, that's when God begins to work. This week I saw, I wish I could take credit for it, but I can't. But this week I saw a post, a meme, and they were talking about how most of the New Testament was written by somebody who was in quarantine because they were in jail. They were quarantined in jail. And I started to think about that. I started to think about the background and the motif for most of the stories in the Bible where God is really working and really acting. The second chapter of Acts, there's pressure and there's heat when the Holy Spirit explodes and births the church. Moses facing Pharaoh, what kind of dynamic heat and pressure was going on in the world back then? So many of the Psalms, as I mentioned last week, were written during times of pressure and isolation. Many of the biggest movements of God have hap happened or begun through pressure and isolation and things heating up and there being great conflict. So we know that. But here's the twist. Here's the hammer time. If we believe the God of the Bible, and if we immerse ourselves in those stories, then really the anvil is something not to be run away from. It's something that we open ourselves up to. It's something that we embrace. We all are being pulled into a moment right now. God, I believe this. Uh, where dreams and aspirations and hopes and plans, they're all being placed on the anvil. You can fight. You can try to hold on to them. You can shake your fist at God or at the world. It doesn't matter. And this is an opportunity for each of us as things are heating up to place our dreams, our aspirations on the anvil and say, you know what? Life as I knew it is gone and I want God to come in and do a work with me. Many years ago, I heard somebody say this. Uh, I think it was, in a, it was in a message. And I think uh, it, it's, it's informed my life where the speaker said, you know, every couple of years, you should be able to take everything you have, your house, your car, probably not your dog, but you should be able to be willing to put all your dreams, all your hopes, all your plans. You should be willing to put those on an altar, step back and say, God, what do you want to do with this? And this is our moment right now as things are heating up to look and to say, Lord, what do you want me to do with these relationships? What do you want me to do with my profession? What do you want to reconfigure my dreams? You see, over and over and over again, we discover that Christ followers not only exist, but they thrive and have the biggest impact during times of societal upheaval. 
This is our story. You look through history and over and over and over again, people of faith stand up for the gospel and they have the most profound impact when things begin to heat up. The first work of God's hammer is to heat up our souls and to compel us to put it on the anvil so that he can work. The second thing that God does in these difficult times as the hammer falls. The second thing that God does is he knocks off useless pieces in our life. Oh, John 15, 2, Jesus uses a slightly different metaphor. He talks uh, about pruning and he says this, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So let's talk about pruning. Here's another piece of metal that has to be sharpened, that is forged, and that is relatively sharp. No part of this, let me get my arrow there, <laughs> no part of this looks like fun. And my wife and I, we always have this disagreement whenever I go out to prune because she looks at things and says, man, they're so beautiful, leave them alone. But I, as the master gardener, understand that in order for things to grow even better, pruning has to take place. I have uh, blooms right now on my red tip photanias about a month ago. I just carved them up like crazy. Looked horrible for two or three weeks, and then the new blooms came in. Pruning, allowing God to come in and knock off the useless things during times of pressure, how many stupid luxuries how many stupid luxuries did we invest in that were probably not only needs not only wants but were just ridiculous how many uh, relationships were unproductive but we remained in them this is a time rich in um, knocking off useless parts of our life this is a principle of the universe that with the cutting and with the pruning comes growth. Nobody wants to do any business with these things on their own life, on their relationships, on their thought processes, on their habits, or even on where they've invested their dreams. There's an old song, um, and half of you, just by me mentioning this, proves that I'm a baby boomer, even though technically I'm a Gen Xer. By the way, this is my Rancho Vista Church mug. Cheers. It's by Simon and Garfunkel. It's a profound song to me because uh, it's called The Boxer. And there's a, there's a line or there's a phrase in there that says, in, and I'm not going to sing, there's a phrase that says, in a clearing stands a boxer and a fighter by his trade. And he carries the reminders of every glove that laid him down or cut him till he cried out in his anger and his shame. I am leaving, I am leaving, but the fighter still remains. The biblical, spiritual, profound truth of that verse is that God, through circumstances, is speaking to us. We're getting beat up, not by him, but by circumstances. And he's challenging us. He's saying, get out of here, leave, move on. There's something new to do. 
There are new hopes and new dreams and a new you that's going to be forged through this difficult process. And inside we say, I want out, I want out, I want to begin something new. But in the song, the fighter, the sin part of our nature, uh, the lower part of our humanity, our fear, says, I'm staying, I'm not leaving, I'm not leaving, I'm remaining here. Allow God during this time to knock off the useless parts of us. It's such a beautiful idea when Jesus says any branch that is going to bear fruit has to be pruned so that can be even more fruitful. We come out of the anvil time by being more fruitful if we allow God to knock off and cut off the parts of us that he, through these circumstances, wants to work. Okay, we've got the heating, we've got the pruning. The third thing that God does to us under the hammer is God fills in the empty spaces as we're being pulled apart and as we're being pressed into and as we're being trimmed out. God fills us up with something new and it's his Holy Spirit. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 10, there's this phrase, put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of its creator. Isn't that word wonderful that uh, is used in Colossians? New. Who doesn't love that word? New car, new house, new hammer, new mask. Now is the time for God to do something new in my life and in your life and in the world. The universe is ushering it in already. Things are changing. It's out there all around us. Some people are going to choose faith. Some people are going to choose fear. And God's people are going to be very wise in knowing that this is a chance for change, for personal renewal and to change our world through it. I say this every week because I believe in this time, if I had two sentences, I could tell you over and over and over again, it would be the words of John Maxwell. In every difficult time, there are seeds for an equal or better blessing. And right now, it's time to just put yourself on that anvil and become an empty vessel. These moments, Scripture tells us, are the richest moments for our soul if we'll open ourselves up to it. And difficulties are something we can't determine, but our willingness to lay ourselves out there and for God to do something new with us. Surrender. to even lean into and embrace the anvil. This time in our lives is our time to recognize our vapidness, our arrogance, our self-indulgence, our bad habits, to hold a mirror up to ourselves and to own that we've rejected God's work. We've been busy. Many of us have been prosperous. We've been preoccupied with celebrity culture. And this is the time to willingly allow God to fill in the empty spaces. There are specific promises scripture makes on this idea in Colossians 
about putting on a new self, about being renewed in knowledge and the image uh, of our creator. You know, just a few things that the Holy Spirit brings to us through the anvil is this could be a time where we get hammered into us the knowledge of God. This is a time when faith is reformed. This is a time when hope emerges. This is a time when I develop a greater love and sacrifice for other people because there are so many people out there that are hurting far worse than you and I. This is when I develop a love for God. This is when I remember the importance of salvation because life is short and earth is tenuous and the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross is real and it gives us hope. It's a time of being renewed in our knowledge and formed in the image of Christ, of building endurance, of growing, and of ultimately, as the book of James says, becoming perfect, complete, and lacking nothing. And you know, that's what James says happens during difficult times. As we uh, kind of segue in a time of reflecting on what I've shared with you today, there's a beautiful song uh, the title of it is For Thee the Hammer Holds. The writer, he was um, working with this idea of God having the anvil. And the lyrics are so beautiful and powerful, great theology in the song. But he just talks about, I don't have work to do other than submitting myself to God's Holy Spirit, submitting myself to the pruning that God wants to do. And listen, we're all under pressure already. We're all getting cut up already. We might as well allow it to have a spiritual benefit. And so I'm going to pray right now. We'll begin to uh, enjoy this song. And uh, we'll continue in worship by receiving an offering. If you consider Rancho Vista Church your church home, your generosity is appreciated. You can give online or you can mail it in. But would you join me in prayer now? Dear Heavenly Father, during difficult circumstances, I pray for everyone who hears my voice that they would know, although the hammer is falling, that you are rebuilding and reconstructing if we would submit to your will. You don't cause always bad things to happen in the world, but you most certainly leverage difficult times to reform our souls and to renew us. And so, Lord, I pray for myself. I pray for my family. I pray for my church and anyone listening that you would rebuild us, that you would use your hammer and the anvil, and as you heat things up and trim things up, that you would fill in the empty spaces of our soul with nothing but your Holy Spirit. You are a good and faithful God, and we say, come, Lord Jesus, come and fill us. Your name we pray. Amen. For thee, the hammer holds. A shapeless piece of steel. That's all I claim to be. This hammer pounds to give me form. This flame, it melts my dreams. Glow with fire and fury 
Cause I'm twisted like a vine My final shape, my final form I'm sure I'm bound to find So dream a little, dream for me In hopes that I'll remain Cry a little, cry for me, so I can bear flames. It hurt a little, hurt for me, my future is untold. But my dreams are not the issue here, for thee, the hammer holds. Water, it cools me gray, and the hurt subdued somehow. I have my shape, this sharpened point. What is my purpose now? And the question, it still remains what am I to be? Some perfect piece of art displayed for all to see. So dream a little, dream for me in hopes that I'll remain. And cry a little, cry for me so I can bear flame. Hurt a little, hurt for me. My future is untold. My dreams are not the issue here for thee. The hammer holds. Hammer pounds again Flames I do not feel This force that drives me helplessly Through flesh and wood reveal A burn that burns much deeper It's more than I can stand Life was to take the life of a guiltless man. So dream a little, dream for me in hopes that I'll remain. Cry a little, cry for me so I can bear the pain. Here for thee, 
the hammer hold this task before me may seem unclear but it's my maker hold